They wrote out of that, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. <clears throat> Find your way, if you would, to the 78th Psalm. Psalm 78. And Brother Micah, could you give me I feel like I'm yelling. Well, I am, but I can't hear myself. <laughs> and uh, these young kids have cypersonic, supersonic ears. They can hear everything. Yeah, and I can't hear Mike. So... Micah's ears are going to hurt. So. <laughs> uh, he'll be all right. Psalm 78. Have you found your way there? Say amen. 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 Anybody not find there? Never mind. No. The 78th Psalm here was written during the reign of, uh, well, it was written by Asaph, who was the chief musician at that time under the reign of David and under, under part of the reign of Solomon. He was a great singer. He was a great musician. Even over in First and Second Chronicles, it tells us that Asaph was a prophet in his musical compositions. Uh, he foretold God, the Holy Spirit of God uh, spoke through him and worked through Asaph, the singer. And this is one of the psalms that he wrote. It's one of the longer psalms of the historical psalms. And one, one uh, pastor, one uh, uh, writer said this, Psalm 78 is the longest of the historical psalms. Its lesson is that history must not repeat itself. You've heard the saying, right? What we don't learn from history is that we don't learn from history, right? And that is the problem that we have all been in. And he said, this is the purpose of this psalm, that history must not repeat itself. The people must never again be unbelieving. That's what one writer said about this uh, psalm. And, and one more thing that you would, before we get going in the psalm, it was during the reign of David that Israel was at its height. Spiritually speaking, yes, they had times of, of, of revival and things that came, but many times the revival didn't, didn't affect the entire country and all of the people. It affected the kings and maybe a few around them. But at this time of David's reign, Israel was at the very height that it was spiritually under, under, under King David. I was listening to a message a while back, and it was a message from the early 1990s, and the preacher said this. It was stunning to me, and I think about where we are today, and when this was said, we're looking at about 30 years ago. 30 years ago, this pastor said this. He said, when a nation walks away from God, the children suffer. When a nation walks away from God, the children suffer. You look around in our nation today and you look at the, what the children are living through. You look at what they're putting in front of them. You look at what is foisted upon them. Uh, they've got to go to drag shows now. They've got to go to drag, drag queen story hour now. If you've ever uh, had somebody send you a video of these things and, and the debauchery and things that, that go on and you'll pan in on these little children and they're just sitting there shocked watching this while the adults are laughing and yucking it up and thinking it's the most wonderful thing. Hey, when a nation goes away from God, the children suffer. And when we look at this psalm here in Psalm 78, I want you to notice something here in this psalm. And I want to preach a message this morning on this title. And it's a father's, a father's charge to teach. 
It is a father's responsibility to train, a father's responsibility to uh, teach their children of the things of God. Yes, ladies teach. Yes, mothers teach. Yes, grandmothers teach. But I want to focus tonight, this morning, on the father's responsibility. And if you'll notice here, there's something to observe here in Psalm 78. He opens up this way. Look what he says. He says, Give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. We see here that there is something to observe. He is saying there's the, an important thing in this lesson, verse 1, that, that requires you to give ear. It, it, what is going on around us it requires you to listen up. Watch, he says here, give ear. Hey, stop what you're doing, sit down, be quiet, and listen. Stop what you're doing, lean forward, give attention to what's being said, uh, open your ears, open your hearts with a little bit of reverence maybe, and listen to what God is trying to say to us. He is saying here when he says, uh, give ear unto my people, uh, unto my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. He's saying don't let one word escape that is being said here. Give ear to it because there is a great problem going on today. And can I tell you something? We are living in a day when the knowledge of God is becoming extinct in our nation. And let me tell you something. There is a cause. There is causation. We did not end up where we are in America today just out of nowhere, right? We didn't ju- it didn't just something did, just didn't happen that, well, what do you know? How did we do this? I'll tell you what. Judgment must begin at the house of God. The blame and the finger points right at you and me and right at the generations before us that walked away from God and didn't think the things of this book were all that important. They said, oh, they, they just hobby horsed everything to death and they just preached too much about this and how to live and how to dress and how to eat and how to walk and how to talk. And they just, they just hobby horsed it to death. Well, how do you like your country today, friend? There's causation. There's nothing in this world that happens outside of cause. God has created a universe of cause and effect. And we are living where we are today, wringing our hands, all upset, hating what's going on around us. And I'm sorry, friend, we got to start here. Absolutely we do. And the psalmist is saying here in Psalm 78, listen to me. Listen to the words of my mouth. Right? We're living in a day when the knowledge of God has become extinct. There is a recent Jeopardy program. I saw it on the news. And all of the, the people that follow Jeopardy uh, were, were lamenting. They were flabbergasted that these wizards of smart, these absolute geniuses that make it to the show Jeopardy did not know the missing word in Matthew chapter 6, the model prayer, when he said, Our Father which art in heaven blank be thy name. Not one of them got the answer, hallowed. We're living in a day where the knowledge of God is extinct. You can look around at our nation around us and we can know this at a minimum. And listen, turning away from God, I'm telling you, it has consequences. 
It absolutely has consequences. We saw it this morning. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The reverse of that is true. The lack of blessings is upon a nation who reject God and walk away from God as well. Can I tell you, fentanyl is the leading cause of death in people aged 18 to 45 right now. Fentanyl, a drug that China is bringing in here by the droves. Oh, no, listen, we're, we're being taken over and it's not like we thought it would be. Yeah. Hey, listen, can I remind you, man chooses the, con- the sin and God chooses the consequence? You have no say in the consequence of your sin. And America has no say in the consequence of her sin. And the churches have no say in the consequences of their sin. You have no say in the consequence of your sin. And we're living in that right now. Homicide and suicide rates have skyrocketed among young people since the pandemic. Have you noticed the violence among the young people that is absolutely staggering today? I mean, if, if you spent time, it'd be video after video after video of fights and battles and random attack and pushing down old people and kicking people downstairs and running into stores and looting everything out of them in these big droves and gangs of people. And and, and when somebody is getting the pulp beat out of them, somebody's filming just watching. It's No, we're in a messed up place, friend. We're in a messed up place today. No respect for authority whatsoever. The man of God preaches or in any place it may be, the, 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 the preacher that is preaching and people sit there like, whatever. Yep. <sighs> Come on. Can I tell you, it's not just the preacher who's preaching. Can I tell you, it's the word of God that's going out. You might want to be careful. Yeah. There's violence among us. Proverbs 30 talks about, I tell you what, you'd think that, 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 that Proverbs 30 was written about today. Verses, uh, verses over where they are, 11 through 14. I thought I had it here somewhere. There is a generation that curseth her father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. I tell you, people think they're fine. People think they're great stand-up people. They think they're wonderful while they're living like hell. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. Their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and needy from among men. How can we look? Hey, how can we look at our nation and not know there is something that we need to observe and after we observe it, there's something that we must know at what's going on. How can we not look at the sexual perversion going on in our nation today? The sexualization of children. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm telling you what, they're coming in. They just think it's wonderful. They think it's so funny and cute. Gender is being assaulted. The drag queens are out there in in force. The sodomites are running around. Oh, remember, they just wanted to be married and live monogamous and have, a, have their own little quiet life. No, they didn't. They're cramming it down your throat. And they're trying to take over a nation with it. And they're, they're calling you names because you, you call it out for what it is, an abomination to their creator who made them male and female. Amen. Absolutely. Hedonism is on display everywhere. And hey, the children are suffering. Had some, I don't know if I want to say it. <laughs> had some guy on online made some statement that all of the abuse that goes on in the world today is the, uh, of children is in churches. I said, seriously? 
He listed articles. Yeah. He said, you ever heard of NAMBLA? National North American Man-Boy Love Association. Do you know what they're pushing for to get the age, this whole age of consent thing? It's from NAMBLA. Man-Boy Love Association because they want little boys, the age of consent dropped to 12. I'm telling you, if they don't repent, there is the lowest, hottest parts of hell for people like that. Absolutely. No, amen. Yeah. There are. For anybody, uh, you, you know, they try to talk about sexual abuse in churches. I said, yes, Jesus spoke about that. And he said a millstone should be cast around their neck and should be cast into the ocean. Hey, we, we have no, we have any, any true child of God has no place for abuse. Absolutely not. But hey, listen, the, the children are suffering today from it. Absolutely. Let me warn you today. Jesus said, if you cause any of these little ones to, to, to offend any of these little ones, offend means to make to stumble. If you're an adult and you make a child to stumble, if you're an adult and you drag a child into some sort of sin thinking it's funny or a young adult thinking it's funny, I'm telling you what, the judgment of God is on you and you better be really careful and come to the place of repent because you're going to be, you're going to be meeting the judgment of God very soon. God takes it very seriously when these little ones, when these young people, when these young adults are taken advantage of for your pleasure and for you, you just think it's wonderful and, and funny, right? What am I saying? I don't know. Maybe there's something we need to observe around us. Yeah. He says, give ear, O my people. He said, that was all in there. You know, it is. <laughs> Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Why? Why is he saying, listen up? Why is he saying, you better sit forward and listen to me? Why is he saying this? Look what he says, an open mouth. Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. What does that mean? What on earth is he saying? An open mouth, right? Problems arise when people don't speak up. That was one of the travesties, one of the tragedies of Hezekiah's life. What a wonderful life he had and a godly life. But towards the end of his life, when he made a mistake, the, the man of God came in and said, Hey, the, these people that you let into the house of God and let into your place and let them see all of your stuff, they're going to come and they're going to take Israel away. And you've opened a door for this to happen. And Hezekiah's response was, Well, there'll be peace in my day. What a tragedy that is. I believe there's people, listen, there are, there are older people that are living in America right now, in churches right now, saved by the grace of God, by the power of God and grace of God. They're ch- children of God today, and they're sitting in a place and saying, well, I had peace in my day, and no concern about the next generation. Well, that's wicked, friend. Yes. Absolutely it is. He, listen, problems arise when people don't speak up. What happens here? They're either too consumed with their own life, they are too cowardly to even say anything about it, or they're just too uninterested and they just want to be alone. Can I tell some of you that are uh, older in years, that are, I'm trying to say this nicely, what is the word, seasoned saints? You are, you are beyond, uh, you're, you're, you're older than I am. How's that? And uh, can, I, can, I, can I tell you something? You have, listen, you have so much liberty with your words that you don't even realize what you get to say. And listen, young people go, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> While you just rip their face off. It's, it's, I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it in a nice way. Yeah. Somebody needs to say something, friend. Yeah. 
Maybe we're where we are because people just shut their mouth and thought, well, I don't want to get involved. Maybe you should ask God for some wisdom and boldness and love to say what ought to be said. Yeah. I remember the swan's truck used to come out to the farm and it came out with a bunch of food and my grandmother's in the kitchen and all of a sudden she smelled smoke. I mean, people smoked a lot more back then, you know. And she said, is somebody smoking around here? Boy, that guy backed out of the door and went outside real quick. He'd stepped up to the door with his cigarette, you know, and uh, it's about all she said. And boy, he, he hightailed it out of there. Yeah. You know what? She was like 85 at the time, and they probably thought, oh, cute little granny. Yeah. Watch out. She ain't cute. She's mad. Amen. No, nobody. Pro, watch. Pro, we are living where we are today because people have not said anything. Nobody. People are finally standing up. I'm sorry. I think it's too late. But they're finally standing up and, and, and coming to school board meetings saying, I think sex education in kindergarten isn't really necessary. Thank you very much. I think we'll take care of that. Amen. You know what that is? That is grooming. A bunch of pedophiles are grooming children to make it normal. And it's wicked. And somebody needs to say something about it. Yeah. Hey, listen, evolution is wrong information. Do you you realize if we are all descendants of apes, then there's no fall? And there's no need for God? And there's nothing wrong with us? We'll just go out. Maybe that's why everybody's living like an animal right now. Anyway, because they've been taught they're animals. Amen. Right? No, somebody needs to stand up and say, no, we are not from monkeys. We are created in the likeness and image of God. And we have the stamp of God upon us. And uh, we, we're going to answer to him someday. And we're going we're gonna, to we're give an account for our life someday. Yeah. Even if I'm doing it. There's something to observe, but there's something, there's something to learn today. Look what he says, a parable. I'll open my mouth in a parable. They're sentences. A parable are sentences of ethical wisdom. You've heard it this way. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus spoke so often in parables. Asaph is saying this. Stop what you're doing and listen to some wisdom, please. Do I need to convince you anymore? Hey, you all are watching it. You're seeing what's going on. Do I need to convince you anymore that, that, listen, there's something to observe and there's something that we need to learn. There is a parable that we need to listen to. There are some dark sayings of old that we need to listen to. What are dark sayings of old? They are perplexing questions. They are dark sayings of old are those perplexing moral problems that come up. Uh, come up. They are hard questions like the Queen of Sheba brought up to, to Solomon. They are truth put in a way that requires interpretation. Do you know God speaks in some ways that the heathen can't understand? God speaks in some ways. You've heard the unsaved person say, well, I've tried to read the Bible. I I, I can't understand it. You're right. The natural man receiveth not things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. For they are spiritually discerned, and your spirit's still dead, and it's not able for you to understand the things of God. Right? We're, you know what, we're not talking about how to teach the next generation how to make a killing on YouTube or how to figure out what kind of gender you are, right? This is not what Asaph is talking about. Asaph is saying we have wisdom and perplexing moral problems to tell you about 
that are a priority above everything else. He's saying, listen, please. There are things going on in our society, things going on in our culture, things going on in our churches, and we have some wisdom for you. We have some things that are, that, yes, there's some perplexing moral problems going on, but we have an answer for you. You're not going to learn them in school. You're not going to learn them at the movies. You're not going to learn them at cable news. They have got to be taught to you. Look at verse 3 which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Dad taught us. Yeah. Praise the Lord if you had a godly father that taught you something. Praise the Lord if you had a godly grandfather that taught you something. Yeah. Thank the Lord for that. Thank Him for that. They've got to be taught. There's some, hey, listen, there's some information that's revealed by God and it takes one who is, who is born again of the Spirit of God to be able to reveal it. Do you know one of the problems, one of the problems with all of these multiple versions of the Bible going out all over the place is now we don't have a continuity of Bible language in our nation anymore. That word hallowed or hallowed, they probably just didn't even know what that word was anymore. Actually, it's funny, that one word, I think all of the versions keep it because nobody would even know what you're talking about because so, so much of the, of, of, the, of the nation knows the Lord's Prayer as, as, as written as, uh, in the King James Bible. Yeah, They couldn't have changed that one. But I'm telling you, we've lost continuity. It used to be the old-timers would say something, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you're going to reap what you sow, boy. You're going to reap what you sow. And they knew what that meant. What were they doing? They were teaching things. They were teaching things. They've got to be taught. Why do they have to be taught? Look at verse 4. Because we need to know some things about God. We, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. What do we need to know about our God? What do we need to know? We need to know the praises of our Lord. We need to know His strength. We need to know His, uh, His wonderful works. Listen to me, please. It is the responsibility of one generation to teach the next generation who God is, what He has done, Done and what he is going to do in the future. Amen. There's something to observe. Asaph is saying here, there's something you've got to learn. But here's the point of this today, and I'll be done. Now, my definition of done may not be your definition. Okay? <laughs> Verse 5. Here, there's somebody to teach. There's someone to teach. Let me say it this one. Wait, there's someone who's to be doing the teaching. So many parents have tried to be friends with their kids instead of teaching them. They just want to hang out. Right? Want to be cool. No, you should have been teaching them. God chose Israel. Listen to me. God chose Israel as the vehicle to carry the truth of God to the whole world. They were that vehicle that God chose. They saw the miracles. 
Right. We've been just finished up that series, a little bit of series through Exodus there. They saw the miracles. They were given the oracles of God. They got to write down the word of God. We see in the Old Testament, Israel got to keep that. Israel got to write that down. They, they had the prophets of God that God spoke through. They were given the law of God. Israel was chosen as the vehicle to carry the truth of God to the entire world. And we see here that God's law commanded that it was to be taught. See this here, verse 5. For he, has, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known unto their children. Would you do this real quickly? Would you turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 6? Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to show you where this comes from. Deuteronomy. Chapter 6. Verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I commanded thee this day look at, shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a uh, sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land uh, which he sware unto the fathers, to Abraham, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, uh, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and, and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I'll tell you what, God's been good to America. God's been good to this churches. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was talking to Brother Bill Dow few weeks ago and I said boy he's in his mid 80s I said you got to preach at a good time in America didn't you, you got to pastor at a good time he go yes I did yes I did we've forgotten the goodness of God listen we didn't get here just because we had some great founding fathers we got here because the founding fathers looked to a heavenly father and put their reliance upon him Hey, the laws of God, the commands of God were meant to be taught. Yeah. And you see who is responsible? Look at verse 3 of our text in 78, which have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Look at verse 5. For he, for he established a testimony and Jacob pointed to a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Of course mothers teach. Of course grandmothers teach. We know it was Timothy who was taught by his, his mother Lois and his grandmother Eunice. We know that they taught him the Bible to where Paul said, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which was able to make thee wise unto salvation. But listen to me this morning. He had, a, he had an unsaved father Timothy did and all that all that he had was a godly mother and grandmother who taught them and listen if you're the only one mom if you're the only one grandmother 
yeah, you, you need to be teaching that next generation. There is a generality to this, but listen to me, man, men of the home, listen, the man is the priest of the home. If you're a father and a, and a dad, you are the priest of the home and the responsibility to teach begins with you, buddy. It begins with you. I kind of think we might not agree with that. Or is that an omen? <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you, what, I'm telling you what the Word of God said. It's replete through the entire Word of God, the responsibility that we have as fathers to teach the children, to teach them what? Well, teach them of the power of God. Here, I'll, I'll alliterate, alliterate it for you. Teach them of the power of God. Teach them of the person of God. Teach them of the personality, the personalness, how do you like that, of God. Teach your children, men. Teach your grandchildren, men, about the power of God. Teach them that He is Creator, that He spoke it all into existence. I know they go to the school and they get online and they get on TVs and they get on their phones and they read all about evolution and all of these things that the evolutionists contradict themselves and they don't even understand it. And let me tell you, the, the, the likelihood of, 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 of happening what they say happened is statistically zero. But listen, you don't need to get into all that. All you have to tell them over and again is the same presupposition that Genesis starts with. In the beginning, God. Listen to me, young man. In the beginning, God. Young lady. Listen, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Come here. Let me show, let me show you this. Come here. Let me show you. This is really neat. Let me show you this. Look at this right here. Look what it says. I can't read. Okay, I'll read it for you. Look what it says. God created the heaven and the earth. Teach your children about the power of God. The, the, how big the world is. How big the universe is. It's finding out and our gods just went put it right into place we serve a powerful God you know what your kids need to know that they need to know that he is sustainer they need to know that everything exists and consists because he says so it's held together by the power of his word they need to know the power of God that he is helper they, they need to be taught about the ten plagues they need to know about the parted red sea they need to know about the children of Israel being fed with manna and the water and the quail and the clothes that didn't wear out and the shoes that didn't oh, wear out they need to know about the power of God man that's your job it begins with you. Amen? Yeah. It begins with you. So the kids are out of the house. Well, start with the grandkids. Yeah. They need to know, hey, listen, they, be, they need to know about the person of God. They need to know that He is all-powerful. They need to know that He is all-knowing, that He knows everything that is to be known. He is unchangeable. They need to know that God is wisdom. And, and if you go to Him, He'll give it to you. He'll give wisdom. and he'll, He says, any man that lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not. He is wisdom. He is truth. He is love. He is holy, holy, holy. They need to know this. They need to know that, hey, listen, it used to be posted in the schools above the doorways, the Ten Commandments. They used to know that thou shalt shalt not steal and thou shalt not bear false witness and thou shalt not be, uh, commit adultery and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and mind. They used to know all of these things. They used to see it posted everywhere and it's not there anymore. Why? Because somebody quit teaching. But I'm telling you, it's time for God's people and God's men and God's father to get up and start teaching again about the power of God and about the person of God that he is holy. He's a pure eyes, tend to behold evil, and can't not look upon sin. I tell you what, you're wicked if you bring your children knowingly into sin. That is wicked. You're supposed to be teaching of God's holiness. Right? Mm. 
teach them. Dads, teach them. Granddads, teach them about the power of God, about the person of God. Teach them how personal God is. I tell you, this is where it's powerful, friend. Yeah. You know, God, God knows you. We know that. I was in Springfield one day. We were out on visitation one day in Springfield, driving through a neighborhood, and here's this fellow walking through. I don't know why. We pulled up to talk to him. And all I said to him, I said, let me tell you something, man. God knows you. He knows your name. I don't know your name, but God knows your name. He knows where you are, and he knows what you're going through. I just want to tell you today, God loves you, and he knows, man. And this black kid said, man, I needed that today. God knows you. He knows you by name. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with today. He knows everything about you. He knows every part of your heart that you don't even know. He knows all of you. Can I tell you today, He loves you? Well, you don't know what's happened to me. Yeah, I know. We all live in this world because of the curse of sin. And none of us get out of here scathed. But you know what would be a tragedy? If we got out of here, uh, if we all got out of here the same way unscathed and on top of that unloved by the Creator who who created it all. That would be the travesty. That would be more than you could handle. But I don't care what you've experienced and what you've gone through in your life. Listen to me. God loves you. He loves you. He's no respecter of persons. I love this thought because the Bible says over in 2 Chronicles, the, the prophet came to Asa and he said, The eyes of the Lord searched to and fro upon the earth to find to, for, for a man that he might show himself mighty through. God is looking for anybody, a person, man in general, man or woman, boy or girl. He's, God is looking for somebody who will turn to him and rely upon him that God can show himself mighty through him. He, and I love this. He is no respecter of persons. Hey, you know, yes, I, you don't have to be a George Miller. You don't have to be an R.A. Torrey. You, you don't have to be an Adoniram Judson. You don't have to be uh, the Apostle Paul or Peter or anybody of the great Christians of yesteryear. All you need to be is yielded to God and have a heart for God. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are. God will show up and he'll do mighty things through your life. Amen. Yes, he will. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro upon the earth. He is no respecter of persons. And listen to me. Fathers are to be teaching their children the great things that he has done. Let me ask you, Dad, what has he done in your life that you're teaching your children? What is he? Hey, no, he's a personal God. He's no respecter of person. He said, well, God hasn't done much in my life that I could really tell him about. Well, what, where have you been? You can't say you've, you've uh, lived in front of the miracles of God. You can't say you've gone to God in prayer over some things and he mightily showed up. You can't th- say you've had some things go on in your life and some enemies come up against you that you've gone to God about and he's taken. You can't say that anywhere in your life. Are you saved? You need to teach them. You need to teach them. You know one of the greatest lessons is? When you're sitting around the table or you're sitting in the living room or you're sitting somewhere just visiting, reminiscing of the goodness of God. Boy, I remember... Mom and I had to pray about something. 
Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you're going to have to do it because we can't do it. God shows up, and I tell you kids, He did, He did. He's faithful. He showed up, and He took care of it, right? Well, I tell you what, those are some powerful lessons to teach your children of God. He's a personal God. Well, kids, it's real, real neat. We had this need one time. Oh, man, I didn't know we had a need. We had a need, and begin to pray about it and pray about it. And I tell you what, it was the craziest way God showed up. It was so cool. Man, it was neat. It was so cool. And he did this, and he did that, and he did this, and this happened, and this fell in place. I don't have time to tell you personally of them. But don't you have them? He's no respecter of persons. He'll work through you like he'll work through the greatest Christian that we think there is if you just live a life yielded to him. David was under 15 when he was anointed king. Daniel was about 14 when he was brought to Babylon. Samuel began a relationship with God and uh, no doubt probably easily under the age of 10. Josiah began to seek the Lord at 16. Joseph was having dreams before he was sold into Egypt at 17. Oh, would you listen to this, please? It's not that children can't know the Lord. It's that they're not being taught. You say, well, happy Father's Day to us. You're supposed to be men, right? Get a backbone and take it, all right? I know there's fewer of those left anymore. I get it. They have man buns now. <laughs> Don't get me going on this. Teach them. Teach them. Take them to church. So I don't know what always what to say. Well, take them to church at least. Take them to Sunday school. Go to church yourself. How about they see that? That'd be a good thing to see a little bit of faithfulness and grandfather and, and, and dad and things like that. That'd be wonderful. You'd be more powerful than you realize it might be. Read in the Bible. Tell them your own testimonies. If you don't have any testimonies, find out why. Look at verses 5 and 6. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You see this? What's teaching for? It's for tomorrow. For the generation to come. Watch. And than the children of that generation that's to come. If you look closely here, I don't have time, but if you look closely, there's actually four generations represented here. Asaph began with our fathers, generation one. Asaph, generation two. The generation to come, generation three. And the children of that generation, generation four. I think the Holy Spirit of God is telling us the heart of God is that we teach our children in such a way that it reaches the fourth generation. How far back are we in four generations right now? 1900? I don't know. Depends on when you're born, I guess. 
My grandfather was born in 07. That's, I'm third generation, so great-grandfather, 1870s. There's four generations about. Man, I might be wrong. The generation that doesn't know God, listen to me, is because the previous generation didn't teach them. Does that mean they're going to turn out right? I didn't say, the Bible didn't say that. But I'll tell you what, they will not turn out right if, they don't be ta- if they're not taught. That is a 100% guarantee. What is being taught? Look at verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 is strength. Verse 6 again, His works. Verse 7, His works. Remember Jesus said, Don't believe the words I say. Don't believe me. If you don't want to believe me for my word's sake, then look at my works. Do you think somebody who's not God is going to do the miracles that I do? Do you think somebody who's not God is going to, hey, watch, is going to give the, to attribute everything I do to, to, to God the Father and not to myself? Do you, think, do you think somebody who's not God is going to raise the dead? Do you think somebody who's not God is going to predict their own death, predict their resurrection, then pull it off? <laughs> what do you say? Teach, teach them. Verse 7, that they forget and forget and, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Why are they to be taught? Verses 7 and 8, for hope. For hope. We are living in a hopeless world. Suicide rates are up among children. I mean, it boggles my mind to even say that that those in positions of authority, of science, of intelligentsia, of academia, they're pushing for the mutilation, mutilation, mutilation and the chemical castration of children all in the name of gender identity they're destroying children eight years old seven years old nine years old putting them on puberty blockers before they're even teenagers oh i hope they repent because there's the deepest parts of hell for those people No hope. There's no hope today for these young people. I'm confused. I don't know what gender I am. Well, that's pretty hopeless because if you can't figure that out, you've got problems. It's not real hard. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine when your kid you know, wanted to be a dinosaur when they were five and you took them to the doctor to you know, sew them on tails and you know, change their arms so they're like this and all that? I mean, you'd be locked up and brought away, man. Yet some little one says, I think I'm a boy. You don't know. I saw this little comic thing in the 1950s and looking and the mom was by the table and making something on at this, putting something together and the little girl, daughter was helping her cook and it was just 1950s looking and the little girl says, I think I'm a boy. And mom says, no, honey, you're not. (laughs) It's really that easy. No, you're not. Next. Hope. They don't have hope. Why? There's, there's no hope outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What are you going to do? Live in this world confused about your gender, uh, addicted to narcotics, addicted to alcohol, addicted to all of these things, addicted to pornography, and then die and just have nothing left after that? There's no, why live? God says you teach your children for hope. Hope. Yeah. Teach them so they don't forget. So they don't forget. So they don't forget His commandments. I don't have time to go over that again. But there was a day, listen, we taught children in the schools and in courtrooms and everywhere else all over the place with the Ten Commandments. They understood, they understood there was a God and they understood the, that God had laws. They don't forget. You know, it's kind of hard to keep commandments of somebody that you don't even know is real or not. I mean, you know he is. John 1, the Bible says, Jesus is that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. If you're here this morning, if you're watching online this morning and you are without Christ, you said, I just don't, I just don't know if he really existed. Yes, you do. And that's what you're fighting against. You know. Or, or either that... If, if that's not true, then the Word of God is a liar and we'll all go home. But he, the Bible says in John 1, and I know it's true, that He is that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You know there is a God. You know it. So what's He go on to tell them? Well, don't be stubborn, and, so they don't be stubborn and rebellious like our fathers. So they don't have a heart that's away from God. This is why you teach your children. This is why it's your responsibility, Father, Grandfather, Great-Grandfather. Teach them. Teach them. Much of the problem today is because the previous generation failed to teach their children of God. But it's nothing new. It's nothing new. Remember Judges chapter 2? Israel has come into the land... Joshua has passed away. And the, the, the generation that came into Joshua, they served God until Joshua died. And even the next generation served God faithfully. But then that, next, that third generation came along and it says, they knew not the Lord. How is that possible? That just really two generations removed from Joshua didn't know God. Somebody stopped teaching. And God even warned about it there in Deuteronomy. Before, before they ever got to the time of Joshua, God already warned them. You don't teach. You're going to take hope away. And they're not going to know me. And they're going to be rebellious and stiff-necked and want to do their own thing. And then it won't go well with them. Yeah. When a father ceases to teach, the children suffer. The children suffer. Because what happens? Well, that generation grows up and they have kids and then their children suffer because of them. Bring them up. Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. I'm not going to dwell on that part of it. There's a lot right there, actually. But it goes on to say, But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of of the Lord. Bring them up means to train, to nourish to maturity. Training would include what? Teaching. Fathers, 
bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Can I tell you something this morning, fathers, grandfathers? It begins with you. Are you teaching this generation about the wonderful works of God? What do your children know? Do your, what, what have your children seen, been taught of your life? Of God's working in your life? Oh, I know some may say, I came in later, got saved later in life, and uh, maybe didn't have all the time that I would have had years ago. And that's, but there's still something to teach even now. If you're alive, there's something to teach. If God is working in your life, there's something to teach. Have they heard of the miracles in your life? Do you take the opportunity in conversations to direct them to the Lord? To say, oh, God is good. But Dad, you went through this and you went through that and you went through this. Yeah, but he's faithful. <laughs> yeah. The nice, thing, the nice thing about the Lord, son, is that it doesn't matter how, how, how hard life is. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then when it's all over, I'm with him eternally. I'll never, I'll never perish. Is he real in your life? It's kind of hard to teach somebody something that's not real to you. It, hey, it's hard for that generation to really, to really gather that this is a great thing when there's no faithfulness in your life. When the attitude of the things of God is just like, uh, right? well, I guess. Are you teaching? Can I encourage you this morning? Here in the 78th Psalm, there's something to observe. There's something to be taught. And there's somebody who needs to be teaching it. And fathers, it starts with you. It starts with you. You should, be the he- you should head it up. And mom and grandma, you, you're teaching right in there. You're the priest of the home, man. You're supposed to be leading your home in the things of God. Our Father, it's not hard to look around and know we're in a mess. And there's more suffering coming, we know that. There are harder times coming. There are more children that are going to suffer because of a nation falling apart and because of, because of fathers and grandfathers who stopped teaching. <clears throat> but I am thankful that whatever condition we are in a nation, whatever place we're at in a nation, your people can put a stake in the ground at a certain day and a certain time, and I pray it's even today and this morning that they decide to become obedient to your word and take up the responsibility of teaching. Teaching their children, their grandchildren, their family, teaching them the things of God. Lord, would you give us today, would you help us and give us that urgency and that desire and that we would see the, the need to teach this generation and the ones to come. Would you help us be responsible where we're supposed to be? And I pray for the men in this church, Lord, society. Oh, it's, it's, it's just, it's relentless. It is relentless out there. 
the temptations and, and all of the things just relentless. And I pray, God, you'd gird up these men. You'd strengthen them. You'd give them a holy boldness to be the men of God that they ought to be where you've placed them with the family you've given them and that we would carry on our responsibility of teaching this next generation. Would you help us? Lord, we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand tonight, if you would, today, this morning, whatever time it is. The instrument's going to play. We have a time of invitation. If you're a father here today, if you're a grandfather here today, we just make it a point today to agree with God on the 78th Psalm and let the Lord know today, I, I'm, I'm going to do what I can with the grace of God to take up teaching the generation that you've put around me. Maybe you just need to say this, I want to, I want to step it up a little bit. I've been teaching, Lord knows, your heart, you've been teaching. You've been, you've been carrying along your children and grandchildren, but maybe the Lord has spoken to you today as you look around and observe what's around us. Lord's spoken to you today to step it up. Yeah. It is possible that you're here today and you're outside of Christ. You've never been born again of the Spirit of God. You've never, you personally, you alone, you've never stood before the God of heaven and confessed to him with your own mouth and your own words that you are lost, you're a sinner, that you agree with him that you are lost and undone and that you've ever put your faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ and asked him to save you. There's never been that day in your life. And I tell you today, you can be, have your sins forgiven. You can have your sins forgiven. You may be reconciled to God. You can be made right with your Creator. He'd be your Heavenly Father. Would you come today? We have people trained in the Bible. We can show you how you can know that you could be saved. If you're watching online, call, email, write, whatever. We can show you how you can know you can be saved. Maybe it's possible you haven't been teaching at all. Maybe you've been teaching, but not anything of the Word of God. Maybe you just need to get away with the Lord here today afresh and just repent of that and change course today. hard on you today, but I'll tell you what, the day we're living in is going to take some really tough men. Really tough. But I know they're out there. Sometimes they just need to be encouraged. Right? What do the Lord say all the time? Quit you like men. Get up. Gird up your loins. It's time to go. Yeah. God needs that. Our nation needs that. Your children need that. Our churches need it. 
be a man and get out there and do it, would you? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's be closing the word of prayer this morning. And uh, Brother Martin, it is good to see, have you all back. And uh, missed you. Missed you guys. So, would you close us in a word of prayer? Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message.